Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to a new podcast, The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone. In my last podcast... I was joined by Jay Hovde to talk about the Kentucky Derby. And today I am delighted to be joined by Newmarket trainer and Sky Sports pundit John Berry to talk about this weekend's Guineas Festival at Newmarket's Rowley Mile and to talk about a few Guineas anniversaries. How are you today, John? I'm fine, thank you. Sun's still shining in Newmarket. Um, but will it keep doing so all week? That's going to be one of the other important thoughts imponderables for the guineas at the weekend we're speaking a few days ahead of them now and obviously if the good weather persists it'll be very fast ground um which is you know when maybe a key races last season's dewhurst that's run on soft ground so yeah we've but i'm in a sunny new i'm in a sunny new market at the moment we always get used to your weather forecasts on twitter john so nice to hear you talking about the weather but to start with, with the anniversary theme in mind, what did you think of Lester Piggott and Frankel being chosen as the very first members of the Kipco British Champions Series Hall of Fame? It was, I mean, they were the obvious selections. Um, we, we've got a walk of fame in Newmarket that, well, partially due to COVID, we haven't added to for three years, and it's a Newmarket-based one. Our sort of fir- our first automatic horse was Hyperion because I think we started it before Frankel um, before Frankel was certainly fully established as a star but once he was he was an automatic choice and Lesser Piggott was one of our inaugural choices here so you know the, the thing the thing about Hyperion was he was a totally new market horse and including his great stud career and Frankel's a totally new market horse as well stud career it's going very well so far he hasn't yet proved to have the long-term long-term influence of hyperion but you know if you'd look at it leaving the new market factor aside if you just said to anyone who has been the greatest racehorse you can flat racehorse you can think of most people would say frankel 
Um, if you'd say who has been the greatest flat race jockey, most people could think you could think of. Most people would say Lester Bigot. Obvious, obvious selection, good selection, then wonderful starting point. It's going to be great to see how this develops. And am I right in saying that uh, Emma, your wife, was on the panel? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she may well be. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, which is good that I don't know. Because when you're involved in, you know, committees and selections, there's meant to be a degree of confidentiality. And so the fact that if she wants, she, if she wants, she hasn't even told her husband shows that she really takes it seriously and does a very good job. Oh, she's done a very good job there. I checked today, and her name's on the on the website, so uh, it shows that you didn't know who had been chosen. So, well, it's ten years since Frankel's remarkable six-length win on the thirtieth of April two thousand eleven. What were your thoughts at the time about that particular race, and any reflections since? Yeah, I think that was the only time that I saw Frankel uh, win with my own eyes rather than with the benefit of the TV. I was standing in front of, you know, on the sort of the tarmac apron in front of the stands at Newmarket. So for the bulk of the race, watching the big screen, and after a couple of furlongs, I thought it would be different if a sort of a no-hoper or a horse had half a chance ran the race he ran, because you'd be watching it and... You know, after two or three furlongs when he was that far clear, thinking, well, this isn't going to last, is it? <laughs> you know, he's, at what point are they going to come past him before the bushes, after the bushes at the furlong pole? But when it was the horse that you were thinking, well, this horse, you're going into racing, I think this horse really should win. And he was that far clear after two furlongs. You just thought, are we going to see a complete debacle? I have a very good horse being beaten because of the race being run upside down. Or are we going to see a horse that's actually good enough to get set off this pace and keep going? In which case, we're watching, you know, a very, very special race and a very, very special horse indeed. And, you know, if we're thinking that after two furlongs, probably 50 seconds later, when, you know, he's inside the two furlong pole and he's clearly, nothing's going to get near to him. Even at that point, you're thinking, gosh, we're watching, we're watching history now. It was, it was thrilling. Well, thank you for that. And moving on to Leicester, um, he won the 2,000 guineas five times, remarkably in five different decades. He won the 1,000 guineas a couple of times, the last time 40 years ago when he won on fairy footsteps. I don't know whether you uh, can remember that race in 1981. Yeah, fairy footsteps. He was, you know, the thing of that was, was he going to be able to ride? It had a full, well, he didn't have horrible injury in the starting stalls at the Epsom Spring Meeting on a horse called Windsor Boy who was trained by Bob Turnell, I think. Um, I mean, who was basically a really quiet old sprint handicapper. Um, But for some reason, the horse shot underneath the starting stalls with with no warning, um, sort of half pulled Leicester with him. Lester was dragged up, dragged under the starting stalls gate. His ear was nearly torn off. And, you know, this was probably nine days before the 1,000 guineas. Fairy Footsteps was the favourite for the race for Mr. Joel and Henry Cecil. Um, you know, she was by Mill Reef. Her dam had already produced one classic winner, Light Cavalry, by Brigadier Jared. So 
you know, going into the 1,000 guineas, this was really, she was the horse and he was the jockey in everyone's mind and had this just over a week beforehand and pictures on the TV of him as white as a ghost being stretched off Epsom with blood pouring out of his head. And yeah, his ear was stitched up, rode with a helmet, big padding around his helmet and one which was wonderful. I mean, that was still... I mean, he probably race rode for another 12, 13 years after that. But, I mean, he was already in the veteran stage as a jockey at that stage. So, you know, it wasn't like a man of 22 having a bad fall. He'd have been, um, you know, he'd have been well into his 40s by that stage. But, I mean, he was just an abs- absolute man of iron. Um, you know, the first thing was a major doubt as to whether Leicester can ride Harry footsteps. But, uh, of course, he rode and of course, he won. But, yeah, that was, that, was, that was very special. And as you said there, um, that uh, uh, Fairy Footsteps was a daughter of Mill Reef, and it's now 50 years ago since the probably the most famous 2000 guineas of all, when Mill Reef in 1971 is racing against Brigadier Gerard and, and My Swallow. That's, that's going back a long time, John, but as a historian of, of the racing industry, I'm sure you can remember the importance of that race. Yes, yeah. Um... I can't remember it being run. I was born in 1966, so I'm still, a, still too young to be taking it in. Um, but I do remember the sort of awe in which Mill Reef was held in my house, in my my, my family's home. Um, my dad bought a lovely picture picture of Mill Reef's head, uh, which was in the house which I which I've got now. And yeah, I mean that was. Uh, you know, I think I think one would be very hard pressed to name a race that's produced a better one, two, three than Mill Reef and then Brigadier Jared Mill Reef, My Swallow. Because of course, it's easy to forget what an outstanding horse My Swallow had been at the time. There were four Group One, two-year-old, four. Well, no, because I think the pattern was introduced the following year, so two years after. But there were basically four big two-year-old races in France. The pre-Robert Papin over 1,100 metres, pre-Morny over 1,200 metres, pre-Le Salomon over 1,400 metres, Grand Criterium over 1,600 metres. Um, my Swallow, David Robinson, horse trained in Newmarket, went over to France four times and he won all four. And two years later, when the pattern was introduced, they were all given Group 1 status. So Francis four Group 1. I think the only other horse to have won it's a bit different now because the pre-Robert Papin has been downgraded. It's no longer Group 1. And I don't think Breedler Salomon exists. But, I mean, they were the four standout races. And I think the only only other horse who's ever won all four was Horatzi. Uh, so, you know, we. I was very glad in the introduction that you brought my swallow into it because if Brigadier Jared and Mill Reef hadn't been there, my swallow would still be, would then be, himself in the record books as one of the greatest 2000 guineas winner and as it was the only finished third it would be this really one of the best two-year-olds of all time who then went on and was an easy winner of the 2000 guineas following season which it would have been no no it was it was an absolutely epic race and um i mean i think the only 2000 guineas which comes close is probably the 1984 one um grand senior beating chief singer rainbow quest and leah fan you know, there's there's possibly two dimensional was the film of him winning in the 
and it was late forties, he won in the style of Frankel. Uh, his 2000 guineas win was basically on the power of Frankel's. But, you know, the two dimensional and Frankel, you didn't have the superstar in second and the superstar in third as well. Well, what makes a, a, a guineas winning horse on the Roly Marl at Newmarket? Well, they've got to be very good. Um, I mean, number one is ability. Uh, number two is precocity. Uh, you know, you'd almost, I think I've, it's sometimes referred as the last big two-year-old race um, because, you know, e- even the Derby, you've got a chance. The Derby is what, you know, just over a month later, but you've got a chance of a horse that was relatively late developing to ready in time for the Derby. But in time for the two, in 2000 guineas, you've got to be a properly precocious horse. So, yeah, ability, precocity. You know, I mean, you might get a tricky track, but... Yeah, I think we possibly overdo that. You know, there are other 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 tricky tracks around the country. Catrick's quite a tricky track, and you know, people don't say there's a special horses one at Catrick. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you've got to be well balanced. It can be run on fast ground, it can be run on soft ground. Um, I think the majority are probably run on quite fast ground, but that's not always the case. But no, I mean, they've, they've basically got to be very good horses. They've got to have high class speed and be able to run. Last out for what what I always regard as the stiffest mile in the country. Uh, you you you, whether you're talking about a high grade race or a low grade race, every mile race you might have is truly run, and it's got a very stiff uphill finish. It's truly run straight. They never they never dawdle in the middle stages. Uh, you know they've got to have speed and stamina and just a hell of a lot of ability. Well, moving on to this year's um, two races, we'll start off. Uh, with the ladies, the Thousand Guineas. And last year was won by Love, who went on to win the Oaks. Now, Aidan O'Brien has won four of the last five 1,000 Guineas, and he has the favourite this year with Santa Barbara at 13 to 8. What do you think of her chances? <laughs> I just happened to notice a story on the Racing Post site saying uh, O'Brien, Philly, back to into whatever seven to four for the one thousand guineas and I thought, oh, which which one which one is that? And I thought, oh dear, it's one I've never heard of. So but yeah, they've just the you know, they've well, the O'Brien family between them had the outstanding two year old Phillies last season. And, you know, I mean it was yeah, in a matter of who which did you like? Did you like Pretty gorgeous. Did you like Shale? Um, did you like Aiden selected? But I mean, on homework this spring, Santa Barbara has, you know, she could, it, the market's going to be so strong. She could, she has to have been doing outstanding work this spring to be as short in the betting as she is. And that'll do for me, really. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know anything about it. I don't even know what colour she is. I presume she's a bay, but I obviously walk past me now. But I, don't, I don't know what she looks like. I don't know anything about her other than the fact that she's been back to the beginnings and has been consistently for the last three or four weeks as if she's a certainty. Um, I mean, of course, going back 12 months, Arizona was being very heavily back for the 2000 guineas, which didn't really make a lot of sense because his form had tailed off as a two-year-old. But he'd supposedly done this super, super superb gallop. I mean, he didn't run very well, and 
particularly well again. I was a little bit dubious at the time because I was sort of thinking, well, he's a Coventry Stakes winner that probably needs to redeem his reputation. If you owned him, you could probably subconsciously implant in people's minds the fact that he was still a high-class horse for the sake of a few thousand pounds in the betting market for two thousand guineas and would get them, just put it in people's heads. Arizona top class horse, Arizona top class horse, that even, and it would be money well spent as regards his stud career. But with a filly, that doesn't really apply. I don't think there'd be a lot of point in going around putting big bets on a filly in 1,000 guineas just to bolster her reputation because, you know, she's, when she goes to stud, she's just going to be a broodmare for them breeding one for all year and you're not going to be selling nominations to her. So, no, I, I'm, I'm happy enough to take take the betting moves very, very seriously. I mean, alcohol-free was really gutsy, terrific two-year-old, um, and has made a really good resumption at Newbury. But, yeah, going back to Newmarket being a stiffer smile, even, uh, probably on format-wise, she doesn't have a lot to prove, but to prove that she can do over six what she did over six at Newmarket and seven at Newbury proves she can do that in a really testing mile race at Newmarket. That's a step into the unknown. Um, Nell Gwynn fillies look quite good. Pretty gorgeous was a terrific filly last year. I really liked Shale as well. I'm not, I'm not sure she, I don't know if she's running, is she? Yeah, um, but no, Santa Barbara with me. O'Brien has a habit of the, um, the fillies running first time out in the, in the guineas. And as you said, pretty gorgeous won the Phillies Mile at Newmarket for Joseph O'Brien back in October. And you've also got some Newmarket horses with Sacred and Saffron Beach. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a, got a real soft spot for um, Saffron Beach. Uh, she's a, you know, she sort of a pick, came and won at Newmarket last autumn and um, won again. She's a real, well, it's funny, when I was sort of, Watching her on TV, I thought I just thought she looks uh, she looks a nice nice little filly, but um, actually in the flesh she's not you know she's a big powerful filly, a real strong filly. Um, she's I know she's done very well physically through the winter. Um, I'd seen her on these a few times, been really impressed by her, and she ran a lovely race in the Nell Gwynn to be second to William Haggis's Sacred, and you'd like to think that they'll both run their race and. You know, there's a very strong chance at least one of the two of them will be in the first four and strong chance, of, you know, reasonably strong chance of both be. But, um, yeah, it's, you just, you just can't get away from how the rock solid support, well, I can't get away from the rock solid support for Santa Barbara. Well, let's move on to the 2000 Guineas, another race that Aidan O'Brien has won four of the last six runnings. Although the favourite for this race at the moment is the 92 shot one ruler trained by Charlie Appleby, who hasn't run this season but won the autumn stakes over a mile at Newmarket in October. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it depends which firm you're looking at, which is favourite, because, I mean, there are four horses very close together at the head of the market, which is the horses who finished, who filled the trifecta in the national stakes at the Curra and in the Dewhurst stakes at Newmarket in a different order, i.e., uh, St Mark's Basilica, Wembley, Thunder Moon, and one ruler who I think he, he closed his campaign with 
was, was second in the race in the third term futurity, wasn't he? I think after winning. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're all around. Yeah, I think you can probably probably get six to one about by going to different firms. You get six to one about any of them. I mean, I I don't have an opinion between them. Um, you know, they've there none of that with none having run this year. It's it's a pig in it's a pig in the poke as to which has progressed the most over the winter. Uh, the betting is giving you no clue at all. Um, I mean, interestingly, about a month ago, I think of Aidan O'Brien's horses. I think Battleground was shorter than Wembley and St Mark's Basilica. I think he was. I think he was favourite for the race. He's the longer price now. I mean, he's still still in single figure odds, but he's yeah. I, you know, we'll just have to wait and find out. It seems unlikely that Aidan will run all three. Um, you know, particularly when you've got the pool to say did Poulain coming up. I'd have thought I thought the likelihood is he'll run two of the three. And the betting seems to think Wembley and St. Mark's Basilica will be the two that you run. Um yeah. I, yeah. I mean he could well have the first two in the race, which he did obviously when Rocker Gibraltar beat Hawkwind, didn't he? Has he, has he prob- he's probably had the Quinella other times, has he? Um, but no, I mean, I just can't form it. I just can't form an opinion. Muta Sarbeck, I think, is the shortest price of any horse that has run this season. He won r- really well at the great meeting, but in lesser companies, and he's down. He's down won the well, one thousand guineas, and he's, he's um, in inside the winner of it last year or the year before. So, I mean, he's, he's bred to do so and he looked very good, but it's a big step up in class. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I'd be, whatever whatever I did back would definitely be an each way back rather than a win back. Um, and I, I, I can't form, form a strong we, conclusion. We've also got the winner of the Craven Stakes, which was Master of the Seas of Charlie Appleby's and uh, Chindit that won the Greenham. Yes, yeah, Chin, Chin, Chindit looked a good horse that day. Um, a nice, tough win, and he was strong in the finish. You know, he had to, didn't, as they passed the post, he wouldn't have said he had a lot in hand. Um, probably need to improve again to win the race. He could do. Um, Master of the Seas, I think the betting has him as Charlie up with his second string, isn't he, behind one ruler? Mm. Um yeah, I, I, it's it's this race is more open than most handicaps. You know, witness of that five days before the race of betting six to one the field, um, which is which is nice. It, we've got a really good competitive race ahead of us, and it, it might well be that something comes out and wins by four lengths, and you know something can win this race emphatically. They'll be shaping up as a very good horse because there are a lot of solid chances in the race, but the, the, the you know the, there's no. No, no stand, no stand out at the moment. Well, thanks for that. Well, it's uh, Santa Barbara then, John, for you in the thousand guineas, and only a, a sort of very uh, weak each way bet in the two thousand guineas uh, in a very open field. Um, yeah, it, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I just, I just say, if I got to put my neck on the block, simply because he was Aidan O'Brien's first string in the Dewhurst, my two thousand guineas bet would be Wembley each way, but. I certainly wouldn't be bold enough to back him. 
Right. Well, you gave me the winner for the Melbourne Cup, so hopefully the same will apply for the 2000 guineas. And, uh, and that was a very good price, the Melbourne Cup winner. Yes. Yeah, that's... Um... I think this is probably not sure when the last, what the last Melbourne Cup winner I'm back, probably vintage crop. So it's nice to nice 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 to get it right once every thirty years. Well, thank Actually, you. no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I had had I had had um, Hunan as well, but yeah, I probably I must say I probably spend more time studying the form for the Melbourne Cup than the two thousand guineas. It's my my real favourite race. Well, thank you for those two tips, and thanks for sharing your memories of the. Guineas Festival at Newmarket and thanks again for being back on the Paddock and the Pavilion A pleasure Thank you for listening to the Paddock and the Pavilion Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and now on Instagram at the Pad and Pad Don't forget, if you like the show please do leave us a rating and review Sports Social Podcast Network